Cleveland.com officially dropped their predictions for the Big Ten West and East, the finishes, and then the overall conference championship. Where did the Gophers finish, and was it respectable? Was it respectful? We're going to talk about it all today on Locked On Golden Gophers. Locked On Golden Gophers, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, now here to talk Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Now, this is it, folks. This is it. We are in our final week of the shortened off-season episodes where we're only doing three days a week. So it's three days a week this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And next week, it's liftoff. It's time. We're nearing fall camp, and it is about that time. Monday through Friday, starting next week, this show is back to five days a week, giving you the latest and greatest with Gophers News, the show where we always continue to row. So be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, drop comments on what you want to hear, and we're going to do it, folks. We're doing it big. We're doing it live, and we're having fun with it. So today we're talking Gophers football. Tomorrow we're going to be recapping uh, the episode. The episode will be focused on the Big Ten media days, which happened yesterday. And then, well, yesterday when you hear that actual episode, sorry to throw you off. It's thinking days ahead, folks. I It catches up with me. But anyways, Then Thursday this week, we are going to talk Gophers basketball and talk about Caden Betts, who reclassified. Now, we've talked about him on the show before, so if you want to know more about Caden Betts, the basketball player, go catch that episode from a couple weeks ago. But we're going to talk about his reclassification, how it impacts the Gophers, and what you need to know about it. That's coming on Thursday. Today, we're talking about Gophers football and the predictions within the Big Ten that Cleveland.com released. So that's the main thing today. Keep the main thing, the main thing. So Cleveland.com, why do we care about that? Well, Cleveland.com has picked up the Big Ten predictions for the past 12 years now. The Big Ten used to actually host predictions on their, the Big Ten itself hosted it. The ACC, the SEC still do, but the Big Ten doesn't. But Cleveland.com picked it up about 12 years ago and has been doing it every year since the Big Ten stopped doing it. So that's why we care, folks. Cleveland.com sounds really random, sounds really weird, but what they do and why it quote-unquote matters, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's a prediction. It's good off-season fun, but what it is is it's a panel of 13 writers, 13 writers representing 13 of the 14 teams within the Big Ten. So only one team doesn't have a writer involved in this prediction. Why? I'm not sure, but at least it gives us a bit of unbiased or slightly very minimally biased. It balances itself out predictions. Now, each writer is asked to vote one through seven in both divisions and give first place seven points. Then second place in the division gets six points. And then third place, fifth points, and so on and so on until you get to seventh. Now, You take that with the 13 writers and whoever has the most points 
would win the division essentially in this prediction model. So let's go over what the West looks like from this consensus predictions on cleveland.com. Now, first is Wisconsin. They had 31 first place votes with 246 total points. Then you've got Iowa with three first place votes and 198 total points. Then the Gophers come in third with two first place votes and 162 points. Then Purdue with 153 points, Nebraska with 123 points, Illinois with 65 points, and Northwestern with 61 points. So they've got Northwestern at the bottom of the West. Now, a lot of Fitzgerald folk, a lot of Fitzgerald truthers probably wouldn't be on board for that. But I truly think Northwestern is consistently overrated because they get overrated off of the 2020 season where they finally had a good year. And they blew up Justin Fields as far as defensively. They really shook him in that game. But overall, they've had through two three-win seasons in the last three years. That's terrible. That's garbage. That's not acceptable. So I think this is rightfully earned, the seventh spot in the West Division. Now, Illinois, they've been showing some improvements. They beat us last year, which was a disgrace, which was absolutely not acceptable, Gophers. But they prove they can win difficult games and we weren't the only one. So they come in at six. I respect it. Now fifth with Nebraska. I respect this too, because I think the media hype on Nebraska is getting a little overdone. It's getting a little overrated. We've seen that when Scott Frost is their coach, they haven't shown up yet. So why put them higher than this area? I just don't see it. I've seen when people are rating the entire big 10, putting North Nebraska, in the fifth range of all 14 teams. Absolutely not. Prove it. Show me the money. Show me the proof before you put me on that unnecessary and undeserved hype. Now, Purdue comes in at fourth with 153 points. This is a respectable total, but, you know, Aiden O'Connell's back. He lit it up last season. Uh, Brom has been consistently showing that QB talent and the QB flexes since he's come to the program. So they're going to be a contender, not a contender. They're going to be a competitive squad. They're going to be a group that could finish higher than fourth if they put it all together and they click. Now, are they a team I'm expecting to do that? I expect them to be in this four range within the West. I think that's fair. Honestly, I think they could go into that three range potentially we'll see what happens now they got minnesota at three personally even bias aside i think we will be a top two program in the west i think that we will be one of the top two programs in the west i think that iowa got the nod here uh with that third place vote and a couple other votes that were maybe a little bit higher but minnesota and iowa were two Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin were the three schools that only received first place votes. None of the other programs in the West received first place votes. And Iowa had three, Minnesota had two. So they're right there, similar vein, similar place when it comes to predicting them. Now, I think Minnesota's offense is honestly going to be much, much better than Iowa. And yes, Iowa has a great defense. They've had really consistent defenses. They've turned out a ton of NFL talent on the defensive end, but their quarterback is garbage. Their quarterback is terrible. Petrus is, he's garbage, folks. 
Now he's better than me at quarterback. I'll give him that. I'm not a college quarterback for what he does for the high power five level player. He is. He's one of the worst power five quarterbacks in the nation. Bar none. Tanner Morgan isn't the next Heisman by any means, but Tanner Morgan holds his own. He's not a bottom tier quarterback and he's not a top tier quarterback. He's right there in the middle. And when he is paired with a competent offensive coordinator, he is shown to be above average. Now he's back with that competent OC that we saw in 2019 that helped him put up great numbers that helped him get on a couple NFL radars and have hopes to be successful after his sophomore year didn't pan out clearly, but he has the talent to be above average in a power five conference. So our offense is going to be better. Not to mention our ground game is better. Mo Ibrahim, better running back than anybody on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, Trey St. Potts, Trey Potts, also probably better than anybody on the Hawkeyes. He showed in four, really four games last year, he had over 500 rush yards and six touchdowns in like four and a half games. He has the talent. He showed the ability to break tackles. You've got those two leading your backfield, and then you've got Zach Evans coming in who showed flashes in the spring game. So our ground game, better than I was. Our quarterback, better than I was. And then you go to receivers, and you know what? We'll see what happens. I have more faith in Chris Ottman-Bell and Dalen Wright than any receiver on the Iowa Hawkeyes. In fact, I believe Iowa's best receiver transferred, went to Purdue. And that would be Tyrone Tracy. I believe he is the best receiver that was at Iowa's program last season, and he's gone. So I honestly think this is a little disrespectful to the Gophers. I think we should easily be in the one or two spot, but I do appreciate that we got multiple first place votes. One could be the Gopher Rider, but that means at least one other sees us winning the West. Now you've got 31 first place votes for the Wisconsin Badgers. I think this is just a case of what history has been. The Badgers have been historically successful in this division of these teams. They've usually won the most games and had the most success, but the Badgers football program has been on the decline in recent years. Now, yes, they've been getting nine wins, nine wins, rock solid defense. Like don't get me wrong. Their defense has been great. Bar none. But their offense has been porous outside of an amazing running back, which they always end up finding. But it's not like they're burning the world down. They're not setting the world on fire. They're not running away with the division. They're usually winning this division by a game or losing this division by a game. So they're always in the thick of it. But to run away with 31 first place votes, that's just disrespectful to me. I think Iowa could be up there. Minnesota could be up there. Purdue could honestly be up there. So this is, this is too much for me. It should not be this heavily favored towards Wisconsin. I could see more of like a 20 to not even 20. I would say like 18 to 11 to seven to two. Those being the first post first place dispersal of votes, but 31 to three to two. That's just it's too much for me, folks. I, I can't get on board. I can't believe that. And I think we're going to see that firsthand in the season this year. Now, over on the east 
division. You've got Ohio State, obviously, in first place. They garnered all 36 first place votes. I think that's slightly disrespectful as well because Michigan won it out last year. So why didn't they get a single vote? I get that Ohio State has top dogs. I get CJ Stroud is a baller. I get Jackson Smith and Jigba is super promising. Marvin Harrison Jr., super promising. Travion Henderson. I get it, folks. I get it. But they had all those players last year, plus Garrett Wilson, plus Chris Olave, plus, plus, plus. And they didn't win. So the fact that they garnered every single first place vote, that's disrespect. I think that that is showing this bias alone, that they're putting it too much on the past, on history. Look at the bigger picture. Look at, it's not always going to be Ohio State. Now, Ohio State is often up there, but 36, even it's just, man. If you can't tell how I feel, I don't know what to tell you. Anyways, moving on, Michigan had 203 points. Penn State had 169 points. Michigan State had 162 points. And then Maryland at 104, Rutgers at 60, and Indiana at 58. So in all three of the championship games for results, Ohio State was the pick to win. Now they garnered all three or all 36 votes in their division. And then they garnered all three big 10 championship or all 36, I guess, big 10 championship votes as well. The three matchups would have been Ohio state versus Wisconsin 31 times, Ohio state versus Iowa three times and Ohio state versus Minnesota two times, in which case they always had Ohio state winning. Now the takeaways I got from this were I love that we got some love as the Gophers, but obviously, and it wasn't just the Gophers writer, obviously at least one other writer believes that we are the team to beat in the West. Honestly, maybe two other writers, maybe the Gophers writer was self-deprecating and had us behind Wisconsin, Iowa, who knows? But it's nice to see us getting some respect right there in the thick of it with Iowa I think that the Wisconsin vast favoritism in this poll was a little off, but the West is up for grabs. It looks like it's a four-team race, in my opinion, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue. And only three of those teams received first place votes in this Cleveland.com predictions. But beating Ohio State will get anyone mad respect. That is what I'm learning from this prediction from this takeaway anybody in the country whether it be in the big 10 whether it be a non-conference game notre dame um if you beat ohio state this year expect to get love in the polls expect to get heavy heavy hype because ohio state is just absolutely receiving an absurd amount of love and i expect them to win the division don't get me wrong i'm not saying they don't rightfully deserve to be the heavy favorites, but to run away with absolutely no other first place votes in their division and not a single person betting against them in the big 10 championship game. It's too, it's too chalk. It's too chalk folks. So that's what I've learned. If we can, if you can get a win against Ohio state this year, you're going to get some love. That's what I've learned. And the Gophers finally got a little bit of love 
in the outlook for next season. Now, next, we're going to talk about the writers also broke down the favorites for offensive player of the year in the conference and defensive player of the year in the conference. Did the Gophers get any players on either list? That's what we're going to talk about next. First, folks, we got to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. I've talked to you over and over about Built Bar. People have put in the comments, you should put a bar on the show. Well, here's one right here for you. Built Bar. Got a little reflection in my lighting. This Built Bar is the cookie dough chunk. It is going to be one of their newer flavors being released. And let me tell you, I've had it. It's the cookie dough chunk puffs. So it's 100% real chocolate wrapped around their marshmallow based bar and has cookie dough chunks spread throughout the bar. Whole cookie dough chunks, folks. It tastes delicious. I love it. You're probably hearing the wrapper crinkle in the microphone a little bit. So I apologize for that. But this bar itself has, let's see here, pardon the noises, but it has 15 grams of protein and only eight grams of sugar. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's better for you. A candy bar is going to have like 20 grams of sugar, if not more. And it's going to have no protein. I mean, this thing is great for after workouts. It's great. I When I'm going from lunch to dinner, you got that waiting time between. I usually am an earlier lunch eater. I grab a Built Bar between that time and it tides me over, folks. I grab a Built Bar before my workouts or for after my workouts just to get me in the right space. If I need to eat something before a workout, I'll grab a Built Bar. If I'm after a workout, I didn't eat and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out. I grab a Built Bar. They taste great and they're good for you. They make them taste delicious. So be sure to check that out. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. In fact, you can use that code over and over and over each time you go back to get more and more flavors to re-up your stock. But go over to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for that 15% off. All right. So... Thank you for making Lockdown Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gopher sports, especially as we amp up into this regular season for football. Now, we just went through the predictions for Cleveland.com and what the writers had for the finishing, the finishes, the finished spots, whatever. Words are hard right now. But we went over what the writers had for that. Now we're going to talk about these same writers. They went and voted for offensive player and defensive player of the year in the conference. They got to vote for three players on each side of ball. Now, those results ended up with 11 players nominated on the offensive side of ball and 15 players nominated on the defensive side of ball. The Gophers had one player on the offensive side of ball in Mo Ibrahim. He garnered three points on the offensive side, putting him in eighth overall. Now, like I said, there were 11 players total, so he was eighth of 11. And the top five were C.J. Stroud with 101 points, Jackson Smith and Jigba with 42 points, so huge drop-off. Those were the only two players that garnered first-place votes for the offensive player. Then you had Braylon Allen running back for Wisconsin with 37 points, Blake Corum in fourth with eight points, and then Aiden O'Connell in fifth, with seven points. So a massive drop off after those first three, especially, but even from one to two, going from 101 points with Stroud to 42 points with Jackson, Smith, and Jigwa. 
Now, what really surprised me was there was no gopher defender to get a single point. I understand maybe we don't have the sexy names that stand out on the defensive side of ball, but we were a top 10 defensive team last year. So you would think we would get some sort of nod of recognition. Then I went and looked also. The Badgers had one player of those 15 nominated on the defensive side. They also were a top 10 defensive unit. I just, that blows my mind. It absolutely shocks me because both those teams had great defensive units last year. Meanwhile, Iowa has like four, five players in that 15 player group. It's just wild to me. I feel like the disrespect there, I don't understand it. Now, I would have expected maybe Tyler Newbin, Mariano Sorimarin, Justin Wally, maybe even Thomas Rush to just get a single point. One of them, not all of them. I'm not even saying every single one of them. I'm saying one person of those four would have garnered at least a vote. Why would I think that? Thomas Rush, his likely would have been up more for debate, but Thomas Rush would have been more of a projection based on his solid number of tackles for loss and sacks in the more limited amount of opportunity that he had last year. You pair that with the fact that Isezi Otomiwu and Boye Mafe both got drafted and that was a vast majority of the edge production. So now that position is his for the taking. And he had five and a half sacks last year. What's to say that now that he will be in that position at all times, barring health, that he won't have way better numbers. So yes, it's more of a prediction, but the opportunity is vast. So that was where my head was at if he would get a shout. Now, the more realistic ones are Nubin, Sorimarin, or Wally. Sorimarin and Nubin were both all conference honorable mention players last year. And solid, solid production two years in a row from both of those guys. And yet they didn't garner a single point. The next step is right there. I mean, you've seen the progression. You've seen the buildup. You've seen the production tick up. So who's to say that those two players, now that the number one tackle maker on the team is gone, Sori Martin could step right into that and absolutely ball out and be able to be a top player in the conference if he had a great, a fantastic, outstanding year, a first place in the West division leading the defense type year. Why couldn't he be the player of the year on defense? Tyler Newbin, similar case to be made. Not only that, but Sori Marin was one of the only linebackers in the entire Big Ten Conference to be put on the Buckus Award watch list for best linebacker in the country. One of the only linebackers in the conference, there was a handful of them. He was one of those handful, yet he can't get a single vote in Big Ten player of the year thought he's not even the thought process here it's wild to me folks wild absolutely wild meanwhile the last one and most surprising to me is that justin wally who was given a freshman all-american nod didn't get a single shout a single anything yet three other cornerbacks and a punter a punter got a vote on that defensive side like what 
make it make sense. What are we doing? I just, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it, folks. If you can explain it to me, I'm here for it. I will sit down. I will read your message. I will listen to your call, whatever you need to do, but make it make sense. A punter. Man, oh man. The defensive disrespect is real. It's absolutely real. But hopefully that will shift after this year. And with this rock star secondary that we have, I am excited for it. I'm excited to prove the haters wrong again. It's just a punter. Okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. Next, I just want to wrap it all up. We're going to wrap this episode up. We're done with the Cleveland.com. And that's what we're going to talk about next is just our final thoughts on the matter. All right, so just wrapping everything up. Honestly, our defense was slightly less productive than Wisconsin's last year. With Mo back, we have a high-powered running game. We have high-powered running game ability. We have a defense that is a top-tier defense, just like Wisconsin. And now you have Kirk Soraka back in town, and the pass game should also be stronger than it was last year. So I just... Wrapping it all up, I don't see how we're so far behind Wisconsin to the fact that they got 31 votes to our two when it comes to first place finishes in the West. The run game can be similar. I'm not saying that Mo Ibrahim will match Braylon Allen in rush yards, but the combination of our run production and our run room paired against Wisconsin's run room, I would not be surprised if they're within 50 yards, within 100 yards. And in the long scheme of things, that's minuscule. Meanwhile, I think our passing game will be more than two, 300 yards ahead of what we see from Wisconsin. So then it comes down to defense. And like I said, our defenses were both top-notch, both top 10 caliber defenses. So I just don't understand how it's so far off. I easily think Minnesota should be in the top two. I made the case against Iowa up in the earlier segment of our show. So the respect, it comes down to this, folks. Respect is earned and not given. We have to earn it. We have to win the division, plain and simple. Nothing beyond that. Wisconsin's won the division multiple occasions, and that's why they get the nod here. I'm convinced that is why they get the nod. We haven't won the division. We haven't won the West, and we have to win it before these divisions are disintegrated and we move on to the bigger Big Ten expansion that we have been talking about for months and weeks that we've all been hearing about with now UCLA and USC coming on board. It doesn't matter about 2019 when we were 11 and 2. We didn't win. It doesn't matter if we should have won 11 games last year and win 11 and 2 again. We weren't. We dropped the two games against Illinois and Bowling Green. It doesn't matter that we had nine wins last year. It doesn't matter that we are 3 and 0 in bowl games with PJ Fleck. None of that matters. It is a new year, it is a new team, and it is time to earn our share of the Big Ten West and get a win in the division, move on to a Big Ten title game before these disintegrate, and to put respect on not only P.J. Fleck, on not only this program in the football sense, but to 
the Gophers name in Big Ten football. It matters. That's what matters. It is a new team. It is a new year. And we have to step up to the occasion. That's going to do it for us today on Lockdown Golden Gophers. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about the Big Ten Media Day and what we've heard from our guys that were involved there. And then again, we'll talk about Caden Betts and his reclassification on Thursday. I appreciate you listening. Be sure to tune in. Be sure to subscribe. Much love. See you tomorrow.